Sales Magic is the podcast hosted by Jackie Lyles, a champion connector, elite corporate trainer, and best-selling author. Using her proprietary approach, Jackie shares proven techniques to help you navigate deep change, increase your sales, and transform your sales results. Jackie learned how to keep recreating herself and will show you how to tap into your own magic, your own unique power to innovate. Enjoy this episode. Hello, it's Jackie Lyles. We're with Sales Magic, and we have Margot Berman with us today. She and I worked together on a project, and we stayed in touch, and it's just been wonderful to see her progression. Uh, Margot Berman is an award-winning professor and educator. She's the creator of Tactic Pack Series. It's recognized as an amazing program. It's online. You're going to see it. She is the author of 15 books, three apps, and two new books right now that she's working on. I mean, one is just not enough for Marco. (laughs) (laughs) She has that in process, and she's worked with people like American Express, Banana Boat Skincare Products, and Alamo Rent-A-Car. She's done amazing work in her, with her Global Impact, a boutique advertising agency. And she has an incredible site I'd encourage you to check out called Mental Peanut Butter. So that is what I have on you, Margot. So Margot, who is Margot Berman? What did I leave out? Well, I, I think the best way to describe me is Teflon coated. Because I tend to be re, very resilient when most people would have said, okay, I got to go. I will, I'm like the whack-a-mole. You beat me up and I come back up. And, and sometimes there are years where, and the last couple of years have been this, where the whack-a-mole lost the hole. So now it's a whack-a-mole without a hole and you keep trying to come up and you can't. Well, that's part of saying, no, you can, you can. It's just a little harder. And, and I think, I think life lessons in general, um, teach us, you know, the greater the challenge, the bigger the learning. And so I've started writing, uh, one of my, my next two books is something on Margoisms. It's different little things to help you find you and, and, you know, stay the course. I think we get sidetracked because it's very easy to always have a reason not to. So, oh, I don't exercise. Oh, I don't have enough time. I, I don't have the funding. I don't have, there's always a reason not to. And I think the way to achieve anything is to find a reason to. So I think one of the life lessons uh, for me is, and I always do mantras every year. I haven't done it in a couple of years where it's a, a sentence that for the whole year, that's my sentence. Like one was good enough because I'm such a perfectionist. So one year, Every day I was like, good enough, because I can't let go of things. I know that I can't let go of things. That's a big thing for me. I'm aware of it. And, and so the, the life lessons for me have always been, you know, when you want to achieve something, um, you're your own worst enemy. You, all of us, get in our own way because, well, someone can do it better and somebody's smarter. and somebody, That's always true. But it's not how smart somebody else is. It's living up to your own potential. So... We've been given different gifts, and it's the seven intelligences that we didn't talk about. So, for example, everyone has several of the seven intelligences, but most of us most of us don't have all of them. 
So what you want to do is align with people who have the intelligences you don't have. So therefore, your little <laughs> your little toy box is bigger. And, and so the seven intelligences, there's communications. Okay, so people that are communicators, there's logic. People are good in math. There's spatial relation, the engineers that can like move stuff around. There's movement and movement. You know how there are some people are really big people and they're so graceful that, and you have people who weigh nothing and they can't dance. That has to do with the gift of movement. And that's why they're naturally um, ju just graceful. And music is another intelligence. Then there's interpersonal people, good with people. And intrapersonal. That's the intelligence where you're good with yourself. And you said, well, these movie stars have all these gifts and then they kill themselves because the intelligence they're missing is intrapersonal. They don't get along with themselves. So when looking at those intelligences, it really helps to, to look at those. Okay. Where am I strong? And we all have strengths. And where am I not so strong? And one of my lessons in sales, one of the biggest lessons, because she would ask, what did I ever learn? One of my best lessons was that I wasn't listening. I was selling radio because I've sold like almost everything. So I was selling radio and my sales manager was with me on the sales call. I was extremely new in the industry. I mean, we're talking green before the banana was even green was where I was. So, so she, no, I mean, before it didn't even go off the vine. And so she, you know, and so she, she was with me and I was, I was all excited and, and I walked away thinking I made the sale and I, and I was ready for feedback. And she said to me, you didn't hear anything he said. He's not going to buy anything. And I'm going, what? Yeah. You weren't listening. I'm like, what? Yeah. He's not going to buy anything. I'm like, and she was right. And from that day forth, I learned I'm not a good listener. Uh, and I've gotten much better about it. And so, so we have, um, there's another thing called uh, neuro-linguistic programming or neuro-linguistic cognition. So we absorb, learn, process with three different skills. And one is visual. So it's what you see, you absorb it by seeing it. Another is kinesthetic. You have to touch things. You learn by doing it. And the third skill is auditory. You learn by hearing it. So when you're selling, if you want to reach anybody in all those three ways they process, use the verbs that speak to the way they process. So you'd say, you see what I mean? That's the visual learner. You hear what I'm saying? That's the auditory learner. Can you wrap your mind around that? That's a tactile person. So the person that kicks the tires, if you're selling cars and they're touching, they're tactile. So talked about touch. How does it feel to you? And you speak in their language. And I was doing a sales presentation for a, a pitch. And the person, there was a whole group of people. And I had a whole uh, storyboard at that time. We did a lot of things, that, you know. But, and one of the people at the tables took the storyboard. Of course, I had a backup script because, you know, someone could. Give me that because she was tactile. So I need to see that now. She's visual. So you already knew how she was processing. And the other people around the table nod when you use a verb that they process through. And you'll notice that even in dating, it's really good for dating because you can see how they're processing. <laughs> and then you do the little, it's called the rapport, and you're in sync with the person because you're speaking in the way they process. So that stuff is really interesting. And that's all about sales. It's, it's reaching 
someone on the core level, they don't even know that you're reaching them. It's that subtle. And, and it's, it's interesting. You will see if you're using this, the response is immediate. Because I'll use it in the classroom and I'll see the students nodding the visual students when I say, see that? You know, can you picture this? And they're going like this. They're visual. If they're not, they're not responding that way. And so you say, you know, you listen up. And the, the auditory people are like turning. <laughs> and you get the visual. You get a physical response. And, you know, and it's like, can you get a handle on those? Are the tactile people, you know, kinesthetic? And they look at you, they physically react to you. So you can read people very quickly with this. And, and students look like that. And when I say it's really good for dating, they're all ears. Everybody's in. <laughs> they're totally yeah. in. They're totally involved. <laughs> I've got some rapid fire questions okay. to get us really into the sales magic piece of this. Okay. So I'll say two words and you pick the word that best describes you. Okay. All right. Morning or evening? Morning. Outdoors or indoors? Indoors. Adventure or chill? Chill. Truck or car? Car. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, talk or listen? Talk. Falling in love with your customers can sound like a foreign concept to many sales professionals, but the reality is that developing such a relationship makes a massive impact on your sales. The Business Champion Sales Method will help your business fall in love with your customers and in turn, help them fall in love with you to reach better business outcomes. Get curious and get connected to this proven method that has generated billions of dollars in revenue and hundreds of thousands of sales for companies like GE and Cisco. Sign up today. So what is the, when you think about the biggest challenge you're facing right now, I mean, you're writing <coughs> two books, you've got these apps, you've got all these other things. So get into how do you handle all those challenges at once? You know? I think the biggest thing is organization. And also, I'm, <laughs> I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> I am very yes. hard on myself, you know, uh, very hard. Very ch I, I really don't want to hear anything. I kind of want to hear about that you don't want to do this today. I'm not, I, did I ask you is what I say to myself. You know, I don't feel, you know, did I ask you or we're not having a discussion about this. <laughs> you're going to sit down and you're going to do this. And, and I remember I was in a bookstore and, and um, we were talking about books and the person said to me, oh, I'd love to write a book. I said, oh, you know, he said, you did that. How do you write a book? I said, it's very easy. You sit down at your desk and you get up three years later. And you have a book. <laughs> and he goes, I can't do that. I go, there you are. There you go. And, and in answer to reaching destinations, you know, reaching your goals and you're working on this and you're working, there are two directions. And this really helps me. I get up in the morning and if whatever it is, I'm not, I don't want to do it. I can't do whatever I can. And I hardly ever say can't, but I don't want to do it. Okay, fine. And here's what I say to myself. Okay, there are two directions. Are you going toward your goal or away from it? So if your goal is to be more fit, are you exercising? No. Okay, so stagnation, not doing anything, is still away from yeah, See? True. That is so true. Right. So when you realize that stagnation is still away from, you're not going toward your goal. 
And so there's, a, like I said, there's always a reason not to do something. And, and so what you need to do is say, okay, and the other question is, what, what is this going to cost me if I don't do it? Which is a really good question. What is it going to cost me if I don't do it? You're not going to reach this goal. You're not going to do that. You're not going to get that client. You don't make that cold call. You didn't finish uh, your research. Whatever it is, what's, you know, at what cost is this? And there's a cost in the decision to stagnate. A lack of momentum. Sometimes all you need really is to kickstart. And once you get it started, it's like a, a truck, get it started up a hill. The hard part is getting it started. You know, once it's up or down a hill, once it's rolling, it's moving. And, and so I think, I think part of, um, keeping a lot of balls in the air is keeping an eye on what's the most important thing, prioritizing and knowing where your stuff is. I, I, organization of your material, whatever it is you're working on, that's a big thing. Huge. You can't find your stuff. Well, I can't find it on where I left off. And if you have a lot of distractions, as I had the last couple of years, a lot of interruptions, you know, it's very hard to get back on track when you've been interrupted. So I used to have this when I had my office, a little sign that I passed around the office. And the sign said priority time. And whoever had priority time on the desk meant no interruptions unless it's a medical emergency. You can't talk to the person. You can't interrupt the person. You can't go over to the person. I found out from my staff that was their favorite thing in the whole world. They get it for an hour. That means on a, you can't answer the phone. You can't use an email. You can't do anything except whatever you're working on. Uninterrupted attention is how you move things forward and chunk it down. A big project in little blocks is better than a huge mountain. A little block at a time. And I always lie to myself. I also lie to myself. I say to myself, we're going to do the hard part first. Well, see, the truth is it's all hard. So there is no easy part. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there isn't that's any right. easy part. That's right. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And if you're going to do it well, it's not going to be easy. Who said it was going to be easy? Yeah. Who said anything is going to be easy? And it's always harder than you think it's going to be. <laughs> and That's true. That's true. And it always mm-hmm. takes that longer. Than you planned that it would. Always. It always takes longer than you think it would, no matter what you're doing. It always is. And, and so the other thing that's going to help you when you're, you're stuck somewhere, you know, you get stuck somewhere. I, you know, I didn't do this or I didn't do this or I didn't lose the weight or I didn't, whatever the heck you're trying to do. Who knows what it is? Whatever it is. I didn't get that job. I didn't get whatever it is. Add one word, one three letter word. Every time you run into that feeling of I didn't accomplish whatever the thing is, add this one word, yet. Mm-hmm. So when you reach out into the universe and see a mom and someone says, well, your baby isn't walking and the baby's a year and a half, she goes, he isn't walking yet. There's never the acceptance that the child isn't going to walk. And we need to look at ourselves that way and say, you didn't do it yet. Whatever the thing is, I don't know what it is. Just true. add yet to it. True, true. And would you say that that's what is the one sales experience you've had that you say is magic? Okay, this one. Every time you hear rejection, 
the word no. Someone says, no, I don't want to do that. No, I did it before. No, that didn't work. I don't hear the word no. In my head, I hear negotiation. So the minute they say no, I go, oh, no, negotiation. <laughs> so I move in my brain into the, well, let's find out how to make this happen. So we start talking about, well, it didn't work then, but, you know, what did you do? And how did you do it? And how do we change it? Because I don't hear no, I hear no negotiation. I have always heard that. And people say you're the most determined person. You know, you will keep calling and calling. And calling. I said, there's a fine line between persistence and annoyance. And I'm very careful not to cross it, but I hear negotiation. I don't know what it is. The more you say no to me, the more in my head compelled I am to find out how to work around that. Because I'm the master of workaround. Let's work around that, whatever that is. And so that's one of the... I love it. Love it. Love it. And and what is this? Is that the secret? What's the secret to your sales magic? Is that it? Or what is the secret? I think it's never hearing the word no and believing it. I don't believe you meant it. See, I just haven't convinced you why you don't, why you're not correct with that. See, we need to get past where you know you think you're right. And the other thing is when people say, you can't do that, whatever that is. And the first thing you do, because you don't want to convince a man against his will, he's of the same opinion still. So the minute they go, well, you can't do that, the first thing I say is, you're right. You can't do that. But we can do that. So when they say, you can't, I turn around, you're right. You can't. I can, but he can't say I, but we can. So the you gets turned around all of a sudden, while they're doing this, you're right. And they go, see, and then as soon as they do this, they don't realize that they're absorbing whatever you're saying because they're in a positive state. And the other really powerful thing is the law of three yeses. I had read about this and I didn't know if this was true. I didn't know if it were true. And so I was in a meeting and it was a, it was a crazy pitch because the person who pulled me into the meeting just got fired that morning. So my contact is no longer in the company. It was a bank. And the new president was slicing heads like crazy. So now it's my turn to go in. And I saw everybody waiting in the waiting area were Hispanic agencies. Well, nobody said we had to do anything in Spanish. We could have written in Spanish, French, whatever you wanted. So we prepared it in English because we were not told anything else. So I noticed who's waiting. And I hear because people with glasses have exceptional hearing. Just so you know, <laughs> people don't know. We can hear a mile away. It's like your extra super sense. So I heard him say, oh, she's here. All right, we'll see her, meaning me. I didn't bring a team. I just went in. So I already knew yeah. we were not doing okay. So we have a whole big, huge table, all of the people on that side, and just me on my side. Because I didn't know about this. So he's he's looking and he's not talking to me, the president. He's talking to his team and his staff. And I'm like invisible because this was a courtesy to have me there. So I realized I'm already, you know, we're not in a good place. And I need to move this forward. And I knew he didn't want to hear anything I had to say. I already knew that because Sarah will hear her. So I, I started with the rule. I said, let's try in my head the rule of three yeses. I never tried it. You have to get someone to say yes three times in a row. And then they're in a positive state and more receptive to whatever else you're going to say. So the first thing I thought was they had a slogan and they've been using it for 33 years. I knew things about the bank. So I said, 
you were the first bank to give Hispanics that came to America a loan. I knew that was true. Is that correct? He goes, yes. I go, and you used the slogan, we're the yes bank. And you've been using that for 30, I knew that was correct for 33 years. And he goes, yes, two. So I figured here's the third one. And my sense is that you would want to keep that slogan because it's so vested and so important in your brand identity. You would want to protect that brand slogan. Am I correct? And he goes, yes, I'm in. I got three yeses. So then I said, so that's why we're keeping the yes campaign. And we changed it to, we're the yes bank. We don't know. N-O is what the slogan was. Because we don't K-N-O-W, we don't know. So we don't know you on Friday night because we're open. So we yes you on Friday night. We know less than they do because we're yesing. He went out of his mind. He jumps up and slams his fist on the conference table. And says, oh, my, because he's you know, that kind of a person. He goes to his marketing person who points and goes, why didn't you think of that? I go, she didn't know. <laughs> and they were on the <laughs> We won the Right. We won the business. We did it in Spanish. It's not the same. No, decimos. No, doesn't have the same ring in Spanish. But we, it worked. And they had bank signs everywhere. We know nothing. N-O. <laughs> and it was like, wow. he went out of his mind. The campaign for, ran for several years. And, and legally, they had to have said no to somebody on the loan. But he was, he was a strong enough president that he said, no, that's okay. You know, we're going to go with it. Because legally someone could have sued and said, well, you didn't say yes to me. So that was the whole campaign. We don't know. And he went, and, and all those other agencies that were waiting and had Spanish, gone Spanish because we honed in on something that was intrinsically true to the brand. Not knowing that, <laughs> that I almost got thrown out. <laughs> Man, that's incredible, Margo. So I just, I just, this is amazing. Thank you for today. You're welcome. You, I mean, I just so meant, I mean, it's just chock full of so much information. And, you know, I, so I would encourage our audience to go to Mental Peanut Butter and look at, download those apps on, I did on my iPhone. It's so much fun. Uh, read your books. I mean, and that's the best way to access more Marcoisms, right? Marco? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the truth is, you know more than you realize. Tap into that. I love it. Thank you. For today. You're welcome. This was incredible. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> Bye. Great job. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sales Magic. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Learn more about the Business Champion Program at JackieLiles.com and across social media platforms.